I honestly feel that we sort of defy editing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you and I. Yeah, there's nobody I'd rather be on a roller coaster with than you. That and that's exactly. Oh, anyway, how are you? First of all, doing this new movie is probably taking up a lot of your time, uh, promotional wise. Uh, it's been a fast, fast, uh, furious ride the last couple of weeks, for sure. Um, you know, it's just like everything else in pandemia. Uh, we've had we had three other dates where we thought we were going to launch. And then this is where we luckily get to come out into the world. So, yeah. Yay. <laughs> well, and was there an audition process for Dreamcatcher? Was it was it grueling? Uh, not at all. Um, this was one of the stranger experiences of my life where about 1130 at night, the casting director reached out to me and uh, I had been close on some projects of hers in the past. And she said, hey, um, I was going to bring you in next week to read for this role, but they've just changed the scheduling of shooting and it's shooting tomorrow. I've shown them your material they d- dig you. Do you dig it? And so I read the script at midnight and uh, I was in. I was totally in. I loved the character. She was described as Coco Chanel meets Elizabeth Bathory. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, yes. And uh, yeah, I was working the next day about noon. So, yeah, I just had no time to even freak out. It seems to me that in your career, uh, you you have kind of gravitated to science fiction, you know, thrillers, horrors, and things like that. Is that uh, on purpose or is it just the, the, the kind of the roll of the dice? I'd say it's the roll of the dice, but I would also say uh, it has genre doesn't matter to me. I've never cared about genre. I care about character. So yummy roles have happened to exist for me in those particular genres that lean more sci-fi or fantasy. And, you know, I think it's, mm-hmm. I think it's a description of culture because now I think we're, we're getting into a place where those types of powerful roles can be more mainstream. <laughs> you know, but it's a, it's a great training ground too, I would imagine, because in sci-fi, you know, Rod Serling one time actually said to me, you run the gamut of all of humanity in science fiction. Yeah, no, without a doubt. I think, I think science fiction gives us the freedom to live the life that we wish that we were living. You know, it's, a, it's one of my favorite things. I think we use... The, the vastness, the greatness of the universe to explore the thing that we don't really understand, which is ourselves, you know, the smallest things, our, our deepest pieces. So it's this dichotomy that, uh, that we use not only for art, but for personal exploration. And uh, Dreamcatcher is, is horror, thriller, mystery. I actually play the agent of the, uh, of the DJ. I play the oh. agent for DJ Dreamcatcher. So two sisters show up at this event along with a gaggle of their friends and tragedy occurs. Uh, they get backstage. They think life is sexy and amazing. And then an overdose happens, mm. which is when Josephine appears because Josephine as the, as the agent is the fixer. Ah. So she shows up and uh, she's just ready to pay people off to get them out of there. And she's just going to ditch the body because <laughs> she doesn't want it to get in the way of her client's career. And hence, the hijinks begin. And that's when uh, this wild weekend occurs. And, and, uh, you know, Josephine ends up just as shocked as everybody else. But at the same time, she's, (sighs) Josephine is just really loving this ride, because this weekend represents 
the biggest moment of her career and her client's career. So there's a lot on the line. Well, was there a table read for this before you went into production or I, oh, you just, I'm sure that there was. You, I just, you just told me yeah, that you, you <laughs> were just thrown into the, uh, the production the day before. I'm told actually that everybody knew each other for several weeks that actually they, they encouraged the cast to hang out and really get to know each other to establish those relationships. And it kind of weirdly worked beautifully that I didn't have any of that because it's kind of me against the world. Wow. In this movie. Not knowing anybody informed your character. Exactly. Because honestly, she doesn't care about anybody but herself. So, you know, wow. Uh when you're on set and and you do a lot of a lot of work, is every set an educational experience for you? Don't you think every moment in life is an educational experience? <laughs> I don't know. Look at my life, and you'll see. I don't learn. Oh, anything. see, it, I learn from you all the time. Come on now. Um, I, I I do think that every set is educational. You certainly hope that it's for good reasons, but it's like it's like life. It's good and bad. So you learn from mistakes. You learn from watching others bad behavior. You learn from watching people make extraordinary choices that just elevate everything. So absolutely, it's always a learning experience. But it's only one. Uh, you know, one faucet of the diamond that we know uh, Adrian is because you're also uh, a, an incredible voice actress. And I know that takes a different muscle. Well, it definitely takes a lot of imagination, even more so than on set, because you don't have anything tangibly in front of you to work with and play off of. Um, I, I love voice acting because it gives me another chance to explore characters, particularly ones that I wouldn't get the chance to play on screen. So you can be sort of ageless and speciesless. <laughs> <laughs> so there's all kinds of things that you get to dip your toes into and, and have freedom and, and just play. It's really play in a different sort of sense. So I love it. I, I have a great time with it. As a professional actress, though, I mean, you, you have some downtime in between things that you're doing. Do you use that downtime to educate yourself even more? Do you take uh, acting classes? Do you keep honing your 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 talent? Uh, I think you have to. Um, I think it's. I think as people, we're just constantly growing, and I think whether it's professionally or personally, it's all about the dive. It's all about continuing to expand in that way. And certainly, uh, I mean, I'm a constant reader. I like to have new material in front of me. I do appreciate classes, absolutely. I also just have an incredible group of collaborative friends where we're constantly making things together. So whether it's a, a big production that we collaborate on or whether it's something tiny on our iPhones on a weekend, just because we're trying to explore a new character, an idea we had, a, a skit that came to us. So yeah, there's just sort of constantly hmm. a creative muscle that, that needs to be tended to. Are, are you writing and, and producing as well? I do write a bit. Uh, my sister is a screenwriter, so I, I sort of give her most of the the, the writer muscle in, in the family. But I, I do write and I have produced quite a bit, particularly in the last five years. So it's, it's something I'm really interested in because to be perfectly honest, I love acting, but what I really love is just the creative process. So if it can be divided amongst multiple things, I'm happy about that. It's not about one thing that I need. It's about being part of the, the process of bringing art to the screen. You know, years ago, and I'm talking about when the world was very new, mm -hmm. um, 
there was a group of, of, of wonderful writers, producers, creative people in New York who created a collaborative called the Algonquin Roundtable. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not, but this was back in the days of Sid Caesar and Mel Brooks. And, and they would gather together once a month for lunch at, I think, Sardi's in New York and brainstorm. I mean, that's Carl Reiner came up with the Dick Van Dyke show at an Algonquin Roundtable. Mel Brooks created uh, uh, was at the very beginning of his career created. Uh, I think it was Blazing Saddles. He actually talked about doing a Western spoof. We need to create a West Coast version of that. I'm in. I'm so in. Absolutely. I feel like we need to have restaurants open to help us accommodate. <laughs> but as soon as that is happening, I'm in. I'm going to be uh, right at the round table. That's that is such a hindrance in L.A. because there's no place to go have a cup of coffee for nine hours, you know, and, and write. Uh, at this moment, I'm telling you, it's entirely shifted the city. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not people. kidding. You will actually walk like neighborhoods and you'll see people typing in their cars. <laughs> oh, God. People are back to sitting on their porches. That's how bad this is. You know, oh, I'm telling you, life is the worst. <laughs> yeah. In our final moments together, what about the next two years? I mean, you've got projects lined up. Is um, it look like the COVID uh, thing is, is kind of dissipating as far as Hollywood is concerned, or are there more restrictions on sets and studios and things like that? Oh, at this moment, there's more restrictions than there's ever been. Uh, I'm sure that the vaccine will change things. Um, certainly, as with everyone, the vaccine gives us a, a sense of calm and uh, more certainty that allows for more flexibility. And I don't think anyone knows what the next couple of years will look like, except that it's not going anywhere. We're still here. We're still making art. It's just a little trickier. It's a little more complicated right now. So there's lots of things. I mean, the great thing about the quarantine is how many people really buckled down and did project creation. So now there's all kinds of things that are new and wanting to be, you know, seeds that have been planted that want to grow into more. And I'm excited to see what's going to come from that. I found that that there are a lot of wonderful creative just using Zoom. There, there are television shows and movies now that are Zoom based, and yes. um, we manage to to be creative even when you know we're under the gun. Yeah, what's that phrase? Life finds a way, yeah. and art finds a way too. <laughs> well, Adrian, I love you to death. You know that um, you are a very special person in my life, but I am so proud and happy for you that Dreamcatcher is out. Um, I think you have, you have another film coming, right? Um, I do, but you know, if I'm going to pimp something out, I'm going to pimp out a show called Sidetracked that I'm part of that should be out soon. Uh, it's a 12 episode web series with some dear friends, including Tracy Toms, who I've known for 20 years. And uh, it's, yeah, it's pretty brilliant. So look forward to that. Well, you're very brilliant and I, I adore you and thank you for this interview. And uh, I'm going to stop recording. Mwah. <laughs>